to the Everyday PM podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I am a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for healthcare, design and development, and tech industries. I'm so excited to have you all join us today for this week's topic on stakeholder management and team member personalities. You may have caught the first half of this episode where we dug into each stakeholder's personality type and how to work with those different stakeholders and how to manage them. In this week's installment, what we are focusing on is team member personalities, tips and tricks on how to work with these different types of team member personalities. So also joining me is Ryan Myers, Operations Manager and Senior PM for Haven Agency. Thank you for coming back on to the pod to talk about the other half of this topic, Ryan. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me back. And let's let's talk about this second half of this incredible topic. So for those of us who joined us for the first half, this will now be kind of the second installment of stakeholder management and team member personalities. For our avid listeners, you may have remembered Ryan joined us on a previous pod about scope creep. So definitely make sure to check that out as well. And Ryan, for those of us who are joining us for the first time, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah, I am the operations manager and senior PM at Haven Agency. Uh, we're a digital agency uh, working on uh, microsites, websites, sweepstakes, content management systems, and other things of that like for gaming companies, live entertainment companies, um, and other businesses. So, Ryan, we had so much fun talking about stakeholders and the different personality types. I think for the focus of the second half of this episode, we're going to talk about team member personalities and very specific ones. And I'd love to pick your brain about whether you've worked with these types of team members, you know, and some of the tips and tricks on how to work with these different personality types. So why don't you, uh, why don't we just dive right into the different types? Talking Tom is your buddy, Ryan. He's a super nice guy Mm -hmm. and he always enjoys chatting with you. I have another, I have another name for this guy, (laughs) not Tom, but yes. Uh, but you know his mm-hmm. his messages about the latest movie release or you know the status call that results in more time talking about his pet iguana is what the example says I don't think anyone has an iguana let's just say chihuahua <laughs> so Tom is that kind of buddy buddy guy mm-hmm. where you spend more time talking about uh outside extracurriculars than you do about the actual project so you and I guess I will start with you in terms of tips of on working with a talking Tom. How do you get them to stay focused? Um, well, the first thing I, I tend to keep in mind is, is talking Tom getting what he needs done, done on time. Um, and is he bothering other people and slowing down their work? Obviously everything needs to get done on the deadlines, but um, really if it's an issue where I notice um it's slowing him down or slowing others down. Um, I just kind of talk to them about it a little bit to see what's going on, try to get them more focused on what's going on um, and, and try to get them, you know, to not be talky Tom, maybe talky Tom can be at lunch. Um, but it, it really depends on like, I, I'd like to let people, you know, let, let people, if people are doing their work I, I, and getting stuff done, I tend to like kind of let them go. I try not to micromanage a ton. Um, but if it does affect people, then you have to kind of step in and be like, hey, you know, 
it's cool to talk, you know, and people, you know, when first come in to work, well, obviously not now because of COVID, but you know, when people come in the morning, people have coffee talk and they, they do all that stuff. But um, yeah, just trying to get them to, you know, maybe, you know, talk another time or, or, or schedule, you know, something else to do that instead. Yeah. And, and we're kind of communication Jedi's as project managers, right? So I would imagine if Tom starts talking about the latest movie he saw, we have our ways of bringing the conversation back to, oh, but by the way, did you get that deliverable done that I needed yesterday? So we've got, we've got some communication chops in terms of, you know, ways to kind of steer the, whatever that saying is, put the chicken back in the coop or whatever. But, you know, there's a way to kind of keep them focused, but also still allow them to have that type of enjoyable relationship, right? You, you, you don't want to um, also suppress them from just being a nice person and wanting to chat about things, but we want to just keep them on track, focus on the project, get your work done, and we can talk about movies or whatever else Talking Tom wants to talk about. Yeah, because sometimes I feel funny calling. So, speaking of talking Tom, sometimes they lighten the mood and keep everyone exactly. kind of positive. So that that's a benefit. I'd hate to you know step on that and make people think, wow, we can't even talk now, or we we're, we're just supposed to be doing this. So yeah, no, there's a there's tools to use, like you said, you know, steering the conversation or allowing a little bit of, of talking time. And like, if there's like a, a kickoff meeting or something, maybe the first couple of minutes, people talk about, you know, random things, and then you kind of get down to business after that. <laughs> so. All right, let's move from talking, Tom. I'm laughing because I'm reading the next one here. Our next personality type. Blabbering Bart, who's this? Emailing Emma. Okay. <laughs> Emailing Emma is Emma starts thinking about, or Emma starts thinking, but before she's done thinking, has already begun typing and then hits send on an email. So your box is flooded with several one to two sentence emails from Emma. Emma doesn't realize that you have 20 or so high priority items on your list. And each email distracts you from the task at hand. She's not trying to make your life miserable, really. This is just how she functions. Have you ever encountered an emailing Emma? Uh, yes, emailing Emma and slacking Sally. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're, they're the same. Um, basically, yeah. Um, for the most part, um, I... I don't really have anybody that I've dealt with lately like that, but typically if someone is like that, where they're sending me, as soon as they think of something, they're messaging it to me. Um, Slack, yeah. it doesn't bother me as much because you can go to Slack and look at it and it's like separate in the thread in their own thread, but emails um, I've had, I have had to tell people that had feedback or questions and that happens. I tend to tell them like, if you guys have, you know, if it's not a super urgent request, which is another whole thing, but you know, if it's something like that, try to try to send me a message or email, you know, halfway through the day with like your questions or ideas or end of the day or when there's multiple things you, you want to ask. Um, because I, I don't know about you, but I've got emails with questions or, or or comments or stuff. And then within like 10 minutes, I'll get a, oops, I figured it out. Never mind. Or <laughs> yeah. I got it. Someone else answered it. I am a culprit of that as well sometimes. So, so um, <laughs> Yeah. And I'm, everyone's guilty of kind of some of these things, but yeah, I try to get them to focus on like putting it all together or wait until we, you know, write these down. And then when we have our meeting later, let's go through all these, um, try to do them all at once. Um, uh, so yeah, I try to get them to, I try to be supportive. I'm never negative. I don't like be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, don't do this. I try like, Hey, you know, let's, let's put these together and go over all of them together and, and get these all knocked, knocked out together. 
at one time and try to try to do it that way. Kind of the same with Slack. Um, some people Slack, like how my mom text messages me is never mm-hmm. one giant thought. It's five thoughts separated. Yeah. So it's, it's trying to get them to kind of, you know, let's go over all this together and stuff. And, and I'm always open to talking with them. I never, you never, you never want to be negative or you always want to listen to people no matter what it is. That's the main thing I want to get across, I guess. Yeah. And I think as project managers, we set the precedence for the team. Right. And so yeah. I think just an overarching career coaching tip is as you climb the ladder, it's expected that your communication becomes more concise yes, and more straightforward and sometimes very brief. Leadership only wants to know what they need to know. And so I think for all of us, one practice that we can all work on is how do we ensure that our emails are clear and concise and brief and to the point but still get the message across. And that's, that becomes an art. It becomes a practice as, as you kind of, you know, grow your experiences as a project manager. And so, you know, the same can be said about how we can coach emailing Emma Mm -hmm. to understand how her emails can be clear, concise, you know, and, and how we can help her refine her thoughts instead of sending 20, 30 emails with, with, uh, you know, one to two sentences. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, coach, coaching and, and going through that, like going through the format and especially like sometimes we've had instances where a developer or designer emailed a executive stakeholder when they really shouldn't have, mm. they, sh- they should have, they didn't realize who they were replying to. Sure. Um, so there's, there's times where you, you've got to make sure you read who's on this email before you Absolutely. send stuff. Um, yeah. and, and there's times where um, I'll take, you know, their feedback and work with them on their email or all, you know, put their email together, do it and I'll send it out depending on who it's going to. Um, Cause depending on the personalities, like, um, like developers and stuff, they're coming at it from, like you said, certain, certain stakeholders only want, you know, like an overview. They don't want all the details. So give me all the details and I'll write up the overview, it, whatever, <laughs> whatever needs to be done to get it to mm-hmm. get it to who wants it in the format they want it. Oh, I trust me. I have worked countless hours with previous bosses on how to refine communication. You know, not everybody is perfect at it. Uh, Even if you feel like you've perfected it, you will have those, those bumps in terms of, oh, maybe I should have said this differently. So don't be afraid to work with somebody, work with your project manager, work with Ryan, if you're working with Ryan, uh, to, to figure out how best to communicate, especially when you're communicating to different stakeholder levels, right? Um, And and another tip, turn on the delayed send on your emails, because that way, if you send it, you have like a minute or two to think about and reread it and then cancel it. If you, if you want to change anything. Hey, you know what? I've never even thought about that. That saved me a couple of times where, and a lot of times I'll catch a typo, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, I, someone just slacked me an answer to this. I can change this now. So that's, that helps sometimes too. Oh, that's a great tip. I didn't even consider that. So something new for everybody. Um, all right. I have two more. Okay. We can probably go through pretty quickly here. We've got grumpy Grant, who okay. may not be the nicest person in the world. His communication style is maybe a bit aggressive or gruff. Maybe it has to do with ego. Who knows? Um, it may not seem like it at times, but he cares very much about the success of the project. I guess you just wouldn't know because 
he has the perception of being grumpy all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you work uh, with that person? Um, if possible, I would try to find out why he's so grumpy. <laughs> I mean, some people in general are just that way. Like they're just not super outgoing or they're not, you know, I don't say polite, but they're, yeah, they're just not in a great mood all the time. I mean, there's try to find out what's, what's going on. Maybe that has to do with work or something else. But um, in that case, you know, I always try to treat everyone with the same, no matter what. So if he's grumpy, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be as nice to him as I would be someone that's in a good mood. Um, Just treat them, you know, with the same attitude and listen to what they're saying and work with them and just, you know, try to be positive and hopefully that rubs off on them. Um, I try to, you know, uh, what's the saying? Uh, you don't want to be a do it. You want to do as I say, not as I do. You want to kind of show you want to be the example for everybody. So if you're positive and, and outgoing and helpful, then hopefully that rubs off and everyone else will kind of maybe grumpy. What's his name? Grumpy Grant. Grumpy Grant. <laughs> maybe he'll be not as grumpy Grant after that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, for this one, I, I would just say really quick is that, you know, our, your expectation as a PM is that your all your team members should be different. Right. Yeah. And so I expect us to have a grumpy Grant mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with grumpy Grant. If he's producing, you know, amazing work, yeah. um, I don't expect them to be yeah, smiling Sally all of a sudden, because, you know, everybody else on the project is super uh, peppy and happy. You know, sometimes I, I even come in as the grumpy ground, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, his personality and in, in should very much be separated from the work that he produces. And so if Grant is uh, excellent at his job, then, you know, as you said earlier, you can try to build trust with that person understand where they're coming from but we don't necessarily need to expect that grumpy grant will all of a sudden be happy grant he can stay grumpy as long as he's doing good work yeah maybe his grumpy powers are helping to finish the job (laughs) last but not least on my list i've got big idea bart (laughs) so bart is an amazing guy who inspires all he is constantly coming up with ideas that would make your project better really great ideas. Unfortunately, ideas that are often so far out of scope, so beyond this universe that you'd need to bring in a whole other team to achieve them and a lot more money. Big idea, Bart. Have you worked with him? Yes. Sometimes I'm big, big idea, Ryan, uh, (laughs) on certain things. No. um, uh, Yeah. There's always suggestions that come in that are, are great in theory, but in application and cost and time they're just not not feasible um i always tend to try to remember those going forward if they're applicable to other projects um or if there's something useful um you know if someone pitches that pitches big ideas i do try to let other team members listen to that because no matter how small or big an idea or good or bad it is sometimes it sparks something an idea for somebody else on something so, and I try to be positive about it too. Like, let's, let's hear, let's hear the idea no matter what and go through it and, and see what, what maybe there's something we can take from it um, or use it again, use it for somewhere else. Um, and then kind of go through the pros and cons. Like you said, it's too expensive or there's not enough time or this kind of is, this, it's kind of a solution to something, but it really adds extra, you know, uh, problems or issues uh, going forward. Um, so I just try to let them you know, get those out and, and be supportive of it because I don't want big idea Bart to become no idea Bart. 
<laughs> that's that's you don't want that you want to kind yeah. of nurture that and make exactly. sure they still give the ideas um and and go over that with everybody i think it's good to be to brainstorm and have ideas and and, and be positive about that stuff um with with everybody yeah no absolutely we, nurturing big idea bart is really important i innovation is what drives a company further and without the big idea barts on your team we're stifling the innovation. We're not getting the new, I, you know, new great ideas that maybe, uh, you know, you're, you become the pioneer in your industry for. That's where the Amazons come from. That's where the Google and the Apples come from, right? Is that you have to have these big idea Barts as a part of your team, but also be smart about how you cultivate the innovation and the ideas that Bart is presenting. And so you don't want Bart like you said, to become no idea Bart, but you need to, as a company, figure out, does that mean you move big idea Bart to a different team where all they focus on is innovation, right? I've seen that at companies where you just have a team that is just producing innovative ideas. Do you um, have a kind of a separate role on your team for Bart where Maybe he takes some ownership of actual deliverables of the project, but he continues to have some time or percentage of his time dedicated to innovating. And then as a PM, I would say, remind yourself that you're the PM. You need to keep the project on schedule and on budget. So while Bart gives his ideas, figure out a way to create some sort of repository so Bart's ideas don't just disappear but you can keep the project progressing that you're currently working on with Bart while at the same time, maybe setting aside all of those brainstorm ideas for a time where the project maybe is at a low point or you're finished with the project so that you can revisit them. So there's ways to continue to make sure that Bart continues to be passionate while at the same time as a PM, you can continue to move your project forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there anything you do when you start? So obviously when you work with like the same team members, you get to know their personality and their strengths and if there's any weaknesses, but are there any tips or things you do when you get someone new on your team to try to figure out what type of personality or resource they would be on your team? I, I love that question. I think for, for me, what seems to be effective is having a coffee chat or doing um trying to find some time with that stakeholder to just observe what they do. So maybe putting your PM hat aside and putting on a business analyst hat on and asking them, hey, can you walk me through what you do? I'd like to understand it in detail rather than kind of the surface level. And I'll say that's pretty effective because what that tells that stakeholder or that team member is, I care about what you do. I want to understand what you do because when you understand what they do, you can properly represent them if it comes to making a decision on their behalf or if you have to push back on a decision because it is negatively impacting the team members' work, right? So having an experience where you can understand what that team member does and show that you appreciate them kind of walking you through what they do. Uh, It also kind of helps them open up and so you can see their personality as they do it. I think that would be a great opportunity to kind of welcome that team member into the team 
but also make them feel comfortable working with you. And so I would offer that tip to project managers in terms of if you have the opportunity to do that, have a conversation that's not about the project. Maybe it's a coffee chat, talk, ask them about their family, ask them about anything that doesn't have to do with work and then have them uh, sit with you one day and just walk you, walk you through the details of what they do. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, great tip. I agree. Yeah, getting to know the person and getting to know their personality outside of work and then, you know, figuring out, you know, how they work and seeing what they've done in the past and, and stuff really helps to to get a, a grasp on what their what their personality is and the type of, you know, strengths and stuff that works well, you know, what type of communication is good with them and everything and how they like to receive feedback and stuff. Yeah, I think that's that's great. Any other tips you can think of in terms of working with either different team members or different stakeholder types? Hmm. Um, no, I think we covered majority of it. I'm looking over some notes I had made, obviously communication and stuff. Um, I'll say sometimes uh, even though you have a set amount of communication, sometimes you need to do more communication um, just based on giving updates and, and stuff and staying on top of everything. Um, some stakeholders really like to be in communication um, <laughs> nonstop. Um, that sure. one's fun, but yeah, just, just, I think communication and, and listening to everybody and, and, you know, being a good PM is, is tough work. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you know, as a project manager, if you're a program manager or producer or coordinator, whatever that title is, we become kind of that unsung hero on the project, right? Because we have to keep the project moving along. We have to make sure that the work gets done on time and we continue to keep within the budget. But at the same time, we're being asked to keep the teams motivated, to keep them on track, to keep them on uh, focused on what they need to do. We have to make sure that other stakeholders are happy, whether it's your boss or a client or uh, you know someone else within the team. We have to ensure that they are happy throughout the course of the project. And then we have to ensure that the community we're building, you know, that we, that that we all collectively produce the best product or whatever your output is, but we produce the best version of it possible. And often as project managers, you forget kind of how big that scope is. And so I know we've spent a, a, a lot of time talking about stakeholder management and team member personalities, but this is just a small piece of what we could get into when we talk about even just this aspect of a project when it comes to managing stakeholders. So Brian, I appreciate all of the good advice and kind of all of the insight that you provided to our listeners today. Uh, we appreciate you in terms of your work as a project manager for putting in, you know, blood, sweat and tears in terms of building your team and making sure that your clients are happy. All of those things um, are, are definitely being recognized. And I think as project managers, that's ultimately what our goal is, right, is to not just manage the stakeholders, but make sure that everybody continues to be motivated to get the job done. That's the nicest feedback I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's it's it's true. Yeah, this. Thank you, thank you for having me on. That definitely was just a tiny portion of what goes on during projects, and it's. I love the job. It's fun. It's never boring to me, and it's definitely 
it's like three or four different jobs rolled into one. Absolutely. I think so. I think we wear many, many hats throughout the day. So Ryan, I think that will do it for this episode of the Everyday PM podcast. Uh, If folks want to continue the conversation about stakeholder management, if they want to talk to you about Big Idea Bart, where can they find you online? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Uh, On Twitter, uh, RYMyers25. And then I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know what my, I don't have a cool, a cool link on LinkedIn. It's just like some random number thing. So I need to figure out how to, you have to show me how to change that where it actually has my name on it. Well, yeah, maybe we'll spend another episode talking about how to change your LinkedIn URL. Um, But yeah, I definitely will make sure that you have, um, for those listeners, you will have access to where Ryan Myers is located on LinkedIn. Uh, and you'll have a link directly to his profile if you want to chat with him further. Uh, you guys can also find me on LinkedIn and Campia, as well as other social media platforms. Uh, make sure that if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star review, that would be very much appreciated. The Everyday PM podcast is also available on Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, and most podcasting platforms. So feel free to reach out to either of us on LinkedIn to push the conversation further. Uh, That will do it for Ryan and I in this week's installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, take care.